Welcome to the Pregnancy for Professionals podcast. Today, we're speaking with Sam Bright and Megan Tennant, pediatric physiotherapists, and our topic is baby wearing. We'll discuss the benefits of baby wearing, both to parents and their infants, as well as some safety recommendations and positioning pieces. We also have a couple of great downloads for you and for your patients or clients in the show notes, so make sure to check those out. Hey, it's Dr. Sarah and Alicia here, and you are listening to the Pregnancy for Professionals podcast. Our goal is to bring forward evidence-based information from all disciplines, supporting pregnant people through their journey to becoming new parents. From physicians to midwives, nurses to physiotherapists, and everyone in between. Make sure to fill out the quick survey in the show notes to let us know which topics you are interested in learning about, and to make sure we are serving you, our maternity care provider community, well. Don't forget, the information on this podcast is for educational purposes only. Please consult with your team and your community for individual medical decisions that need to be made. Check us out on Instagram at Pregnancy for Professionals to find informative and educational posts for both you and that you can use for your patients. All right, Sam and Megan, thank you very much for joining the Pregnancy for Professionals podcast. We are going to chat a little bit today around baby wearing. Now, I'm going to be honest, I used baby wearing for both of my kids, but I honestly used it more of a transportation piece and a convenience piece as opposed to a parenting tool. And as I was looking into some of the research around this to prepare for today, I really realized that actually maybe we should be talking to our soon-to-be parents about using baby wearing actually to improve outcomes for them and for their baby. So today we're going to kind of focus mostly on those pieces of the puzzle. We'll chat a little bit about the um, benefits of baby wearing, the evidence behind that. We'll chat a little bit about how we can do that safely through the first kind of six to 12 months and what we need to be cautious about and guide our patients and clients on. And then we'll chat a little bit about the three main types of baby wearing. So the ring slings, the wraps, and the, what's it called again, team? Structured carrier. Yes. Yeah, structured carrier. Thank you. So that's what we're going to chat about today. So we will just get right into it. So why don't we start talking a little bit about the benefits of baby wearing? If you guys want to start, we can talk about the benefits to baby, and then we can talk about benefits to the parent. Absolutely. So it has been pretty well established in the research benefits to baby. A lot of that actually being research done in the NICU, that kangaroo care, but, and then gone from there, but that baby wearing can have such a benefit to baby just from that attachment, that bonding regulation of the nervous system, any of those things, there's great evidence of obviously babies undergoing neonatal abstinence syndrome, but it actually really has massive benefits that baby wearing that kangaroo care skin-to-skin contact really helps with what happens in baby physiologically. So helping to slow their heart rate, slow their breathing, improving feeding outcomes, all of those things have been really well established, especially in the very young baby, the premature baby, and again, maybe babies who might be substance exposed as well. Yeah. And there's been some good studies around the kangaroo care, which is that kind of close skin to skin with parents in the, in the, in premature babies around decreasing morbidity and mortality, decreasing Mm -hmm. sepsis and improving feeding and weight gain in those kind of first few months while they're in the NICU. So I think that's your hundred percent. That's really well established. And we're just starting to look at some of those other pieces. So I know I came across an article around attachment in, in in a population that sometimes struggles with attachment with their babies. And so this was a study that was done, I think a couple of years ago, not that long ago. And it looked at very young moms and it looked at comparing baby wearing for starting at two to four weeks of age. So the control group was reading 
an hour a day to your baby. And then the study group was, it was an RCT. The study group was baby wearing for an hour a day for three months. And then it looked at kind of attachment through this global development, infant global development scale. And I don't know that it was st statistically significant, but there was a generally a, a pretty good correlation with increased baby wearing with increased attachment. And the groups that didn't do the baby wearing had more of that kind of disturbed attachment. So it was really interesting to see that, especially in that group, which may be a little bit more challenging. And we're going to chat a little bit about more about infant crying as well and how it can make that a little bit less. And I wonder if that's a part of the piece that if the babies are crying, it's easier to attach to them as well. So. Yeah, I think some of the articles around that crying piece as well, and the evidence that has come out from that is alongside that attachment and that regulation piece of breathing and heartbeat and things like that, that babies can feel alongside um, also that kind of tightness position that they're so used to in the womb in those first early weeks, that when they're coming out into those carriers and into especially those wraps, that they feel secure. And when it comes to calming with quiet, you can move easier in those wraps, right? We can move around. That was definitely something that came in the articles that we read was about the movement in the wraps as well for baby, especially when crying um, is something that we're looking at as well. And then the other thing that there are definitely some studies done is it improves breastfeeding rates. So I think one of the kangaroo studies were looking at breastfeeding rates as well. One month, four months, six months out, it actually improved breastfeeding rates. And we know breastfeeding is important. It's not right for everybody. Not every family is going to be able to or be interested in for a variety of reasons. But for those families who do hope to breastfeed and exclusively breastfeed, baby wearing can be one of the ways that can help improve that. And whether it's through that skin to skin and that oxytocin release or just feeding while they're in the infant carrier, it's just easier. Yeah. And so baby's able to yeah. just access that food more easily, drain the breast, promote increased milk supply. I suspect that's part of the physiology around that piece. Anything that you guys want to add around that breastfeeding rates piece? No, I think I read the same similar article. Yeah. So that was really interesting. Yeah, that's awesome. So you guys are pediatric physiotherapy therapists. So I know a big piece yeah. of the puzzle is hip dysplasia in infants. So why don't you guys chat around that a bit? Absolutely. So there is some of the negative studies. And so what might still be persisting sometimes in the back of our minds that from previous ways of baby wearing have been regarding the hips in the same way that there still be, you know, some of this thing that we think about swaddling when it's done improperly. The studies that show increased rates of hip dysplasia with baby wearing and swaddling is because of the type of swaddling, the type of baby wearing that was being done. So what's great is with this kind of last several years now where baby wearing is becoming much more popular, more and more studies are coming out saying, no, absolutely with the right positioning, it actually can benefit hip development. So it can actually lead to improved hip development as long as it's being done correctly. So from journals like the International Orthopedic, Pediatric Orthopedics, there's quite a few that have done studies specifically regarding developmental dysplasia of the hip. Not a ton specifically on baby wearing only, but generally baby wearing is always one of the pieces of these studies regarding how to prevent um, and treat hip dysplasia in infants. And the big conclusion that's been drawn is if babies are positioned in a carrier um, or a sling or a wrap with those hips in the wide abducted um, position with knees above hip or in a brand new infant with the hips um, flexed and knees up to the chest, then actually can lead to improved outcomes for hip development and for babies being treated with, for hip dysplasia. It can also lead to improved outcomes there because it's a 
lots of time spent in that ideal wide abducted position that we are looking for when dealing with baby hip development. Awesome. Thank you. So why don't we chat a little bit about benefits to the parents? And I'm not using moms here because everybody can do baby wearing. And this is one of the things we did. We have a, I have a patient focused one. So we just did one around this thing for our patients as well. And we are talking about how this is such a wonderful way for partners to support the breastfeeding parent who sometimes can feel overtouched and just touched out and doesn't want to have the baby all of the time. So, you know, that the breastfeeding parent can feed the baby and then the other parent, the non-breastfeeding parent can do the baby wearing and get that wonderful bonding and attachment as well and give those benefits to the baby and give the breastfeeding parent a little bit of space so they can have a break because sometimes it is a full-time job. So let's chat a little bit about kind of the benefits to the parent who is doing the baby wearing. So as you said, Alicia, I think it is because both partners can baby wear. So it is really nice that parent who may be breastfeeding can step like you said, feel very touched out. And I think some of the benefits to parents as well is that they can move around a little bit more. It's when baby's on, you've got both hands again. So I think the baby wearing positives there are huge from that point of view. But also, as we said as well, the bonding and attachment piece is huge for parents. And I think also with baby wearing, something that the, some of the articles that we've read about is as baby gets bigger and you're getting stronger, it's a really nice way to help your strength as well and feel like you're getting stronger yourself as baby's getting bigger and you're walking that little bit further and you can do some more of those less kind of um, flat paths and do more more activities with them with very with baby on yourself as well your squats exactly more exercise classes and things definitely and there's yoga and pilates classes out there with baby as well and it just gives you the opportunity to do that when you're wearing baby as well which is really nice for a social point of view as well and there's also some interesting studies um, in parents. I think a lot of them are done more for the, the, birth, the birthing parent because of some of those postpartum mental health aspects, but done there to determine whether that baby wearing or particularly skin to skin contact, which again, baby wearing allows us to do really easily, as Tim said, with hands-free and just it gives you more time, you can do it. And there's some evidence um, that it can actually really help, um, particularly some of those more lower risk birthing parents with some of the postpartum anxieties, possibly some of that postpartum depression. Generally, what I've seen is much more higher risk, much more severe cases, less, but then there's the question of whether maybe these they were lower risk and they had lower um, experience of those mental health symptoms because they did more baby wearing. So I think that's still definitely a place that we need a lot more research, but there have been some positive um, studies as far as being able to potentially help with some of those early postpartum mental health struggles that moms can, or birthing parents can experience. Yeah. And I think maybe, I wonder if that, some of that goes back to the decreased crying of baby again, like if yeah. you feel like you can soothe your baby and you can meet their needs, you're going to feel much more comfortable with yourself and confident with yourself. And therefore, hopefully your mood would be better. Again, those severe cases, maybe not because that's going to be, mm -hmm. that's more a different realm but but yeah really interesting the other one i was finding was oh about the crying we forgot to talk about this unfortunately there is no evidence that shows baby wearing can prevent colic or improves no. colic <laughs> which is a bit yeah. of a bummer i thought because wouldn't that be lovely so it decreases the rates of crying and it decreases the, the significance of crying except in those babies with colic which was too bad yeah and any other benefits that you guys wanted to chat about? I think you were talking about the parents or mom's ergonomics. I'm not sure if we chatted a little bit about that or if there's something more you wanted to add. I think some of that would just be more, it's beneficial to the parent carrying as long as they are 
wearing baby, we want to make sure I'm an athlete, we're pediatric physios. So we are thinking about the baby, we're thinking about the little one, but honestly, so much of the research really focuses on the position of the person wearing the baby. Because again, if you are hurting your back or uncomfortable, or now your neck's all tight because you've been wearing baby improperly, then the benefits would no longer outweigh the risk um, doing some potential just physical, not horrible long-term damage, but just being in pain. And if you wear your baby and then you're in pain after, that's not going to make you want to wear your baby anymore. So there's lots of, I, I actually found a ton of research regarding a ton relatively, but uh, regarding the parent position and where, what is better or worse for a parent, generally more negative on something like a ring sling, which is more asymmetrical, mm -hmm. definitely more positive towards the more symmetrical ways of carrying a wrap nice and snug or one of those structured carriers properly fitted with the um, baby's weight distributed over the hips, as well as the shoulders, as well as the back in order for the parent to be as safe as possible and as comfortable as possible. And there was one other thing that you brought up that reminded me again, uh, in terms of you guys being um, pediatric physios is plagiocephaly and torticollis mm -hmm. and the benefits of baby wearing around that and the potential issues that we need to think about, especially if we're doing kind of ring slings or by nature of us being parents and always or people and always being one-sided. Can you guys chat a little bit about those benefits and what to watch out for and what to think about? I think definitely um, coming back to those ring slings, it's really important to remember to do um, that wearing on both sides. We are very dominant on one side, we're very confident on one side, but that means that baby's head is always positioned in one position and we want to reduce the risk of that flat spot. And one of the benefits of baby carrying is to have baby off the back of their heads or side of their heads. So with the ring sling in particular, it's really important to switch sides so that you have got them on either side. So it's good for your shoulders and back, but also good for baby's positioning as well. When we're thinking about any of the other wraps or carriers, just gently rotating baby's head so they're not always facing to one side. And because sometimes we don't realize that babies have that preference until we talk about it or identify it. Um, and just gently rotating within reason um, baby's head so that they're looking to both directions when they're in the wrap or the carrier. Because as pediatric physios, one of the biggest things that we recommend baby wearing for is to take the pressure off the back of their heads to prevent any of those flat spots for sure. And that's a great tip and to extend that out to um, talking to new parents about when you're putting your babies down in the bassinet or in the crib or changing their diaper to alternate the ways that you're doing it because they're going to be looking at you because yeah. that's what they want to be looking at. So if you're alternating, they're going to be naturally stretching both of those muscles rather than getting one tight and one stretched out, which leads to torticollis, which can lead to a bit yeah. of et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Awesome. Great tip. Just uh, one other thing for professionals who are recommending to families about baby wearing on that note. But just, it's a really nice thing to tell families if they're struggling with tummy time with a really new baby, that baby wearing can be a really nice way to get baby on their tummy, lifting their head to look at the caregiver. So it's a nice tip you can give them as well. It gets the baby off their head and it gets some of that tummy time in for those brand new babies at zero to two months range. So a really great tip say, hey, it's okay. Why don't you try putting them in a carrier? That's also great time. Baby is working on their neck muscles. They're doing a good job. So that's always a great tip for families as well. Yeah. That's awesome. So why don't we move on to some tips and tricks? How do you talk to your clients around positioning babies? And Sam, I know you have a great resource for us that we'll put in the show notes. So why don't you start off by talking about that? And then uh, Megan can chat a little bit about the hip positioning and ages and stages and how to manage that. Sure. So we recommend to our families the acronym TICS. And TICS is actually, you can find it on Baby Wearing UK. And so it's come from some resources, obviously from my accent that I have in the UK. And so TICS is a really nice acronym because the T stands for tight. 
So slings and carriers should be tight enough to hug your baby close to you, as this is most comfortable for baby and parents. I think that's one of the biggest pieces is the comfortability piece of baby as well. And it means that babies don't slump down. So particularly in those wraps and the ring slings, it's really important to keep them tight so babies don't shuffle down and they're kind of hiding down in that wrap instead. In view at all times, I think it's really nice to remind parents is that you should always be able to see baby's face by simply glancing down and that the fabric or the carrier is not too close around them so that you have to open it up to check on them. Close enough to kiss is a really nice one to remember as well, and that baby's head should be as close to your chin as comfortable, really. So you're not grazing it, but it's right there to kiss baby's head. Keep the chin off the chest. So obviously, historically, some of them around baby carrying cautions around airways with babies. So keeping that chin off the chest means that baby should never be curled in so their chest, um, their chin is forced down onto their chest as that can restrict their breathing. So that's really nice to know that kind of keeping that chin up, especially in those ring slings and wraps, um, helps prevent any airway issues there. And then the S of ticks is the supported back. So in an upright carry, a baby should be held comfortably close to the wire so their back is always supported in a natural position and their tummy and chest are against you. So they're not falling back away from um, the carrier at the time. And again, because if the sling is too loose, they can slump and then you risk that chin down on that chest um, more so there. And so Texas will add a PDF into the show notes there, as Alicia said, because it's a really nice acronym that we can all remember and just gives us some tips there on that positioning of baby. Yeah. And a great download you can just print off for your patients or clients and hand to them to, yeah. to remember as well. So that's, I find that really useful. And then one other thing, I just wanted to ch quickly chat on the evidence around slings. Any of the ones we're talking about are safe to use in newborn babies. The ones that we worry about are those ones that we can't adjust and tighten up. Mm -hmm. So they're almost like a big mm -hmm. hobo bag that look really yeah. awesome. I got my colleague one for her with her newborn baby before I realized this. <laughs> and so those, the studies have, there have been a, a few, especially with premature babies. So those babies yeah. who haven't yet reached the correct gestational age of 40, 41 weeks of mm -hmm. um, cardiorespiratory issues because they cannot protect their airway in those. But as long as you're following exactly. that TICS acronym, any of the yeah. other carriers should be fine. And Megan yeah. reminded me, oh, this is, she's going to talk about hip, hip positioning and also where you can find a list of those hip safe slings. Awesome. Yeah. As I mentioned, we're talking about evidence is that if you can position baby tips appropriately in a carrier, there is no increased risk of um, hip dysplasia with baby wearing. In fact, there might be a benefit to hip development as long as baby's positioned correctly. So there's basically two ages we want to talk about in those early stages, that zero to two months, that brand new baby in that physiological flexion position in a baby uh, carrier, whether it's a, a sling or a wrap or a structured carrier, we want baby in that beautiful flex position. So knees flexed right up to the chest, hips fully flexed. That's a perfect position. So the carrier needs to be sure to be able to put baby in this position. Again, making sure they're beautifully flexed, but that chin is off the chest as them explained for safety. But as far as the hips goes, if hips are maximally flexed, knees maximally flexed, baby all curled up, that's perfect in those early stages. As baby gets past that two month range, they're starting to open up, they're starting to experience some extension coming out of that newborn flexion position. Now is when we wanna make sure that we're starting to create the M shape with the legs. So when baby is in a carrier, and again, same thing, more so for the wrap uh, and the structured carrier, it's a little harder to do it in the ring sling, but you want to make sure that the baby's legs are fully abducted. So really wide at the hip, and then the knees slightly higher than the hips if you can. So their legs from bottom to top should make that 
M shape with their bum, kind of that point in the middle of the M. And with the different types of carriers, I'm going to give the resource. There's a beautiful picture there as well. The Hip Dysplasia Institute has a great picture of that M shape and a baby in a carrier. That's a great resource to uh, provide to your clients, uh, your families as well. For those older babies, two months, and depending on the baby. So some babies can get into that position in that two months. Sometimes it's more three months or four months before there, you can really comfortably get them in that nice M shape. But if you're not in that M shape, nice and flex, hips and knees flex, so that we're making sure that the legs are not hanging straight down. It's that straight down positioning that can cause poor hip development and potentially, again, in the evidence that's been shown to potentially increase the uh, risk of hip dysplasia. Great. The resource for where to find those carriers is hipdysplasia.org. It's the Hip Dysplasia Institute. They've undertaken a lot of research. They've um, collated all the evidence together as well for what might be a, a beneficial carrier. There's probably a hundred on there, so it's not really specific, but they have a list of what they call hip healthy carriers and both wraps and structured carriers. And I think even some rings are in there as well. Great. And we'll put that in the show notes. And another piece, which we might get to later, but you were talking about in our patient focus podcast around switching from in those structured carriers, switching from yeah. facing internally to facing externally. And that's an important milestone piece in terms of hip development. So do you mind broaching on that? Sure. Yeah. So parents always ask us this too, like, when can I turn my baby forward? Hips obviously is happening throughout and into toddlerhood, but it's a really important stage from the zero to six month range. So that's why we prefer babies and we recommend babies stay in that rear facing. So don't turn to forward facing until at least six months. The reason being, it's a lot harder to get the hips in that M position when you're forward facing. The carriers do their very best, but generally it's a lot harder to get the knees above the hips in a forward facing position. And so that's why that at that six month mark, it starts to be a little less of a concern. The hips have done a lot of really good development at that point in order to be able to face forward and have their legs hang down a little bit more. We still want them wide abducted, but we're less concerned about the knees being higher, higher than the hips when they hit that stage. And another thing that we just want to, it's important for all of us to remind our patients and clients around is safety when using baby wearing those sleep deprived parents often don't necessarily think about everything. And so just reminding them if you're drinking coffee or hot beverages, or you're boiling water, or you're cooking, or you're using sharp knives, don't do that while baby wearing, because we all make mistakes. And Megan, I know you were saying in our last podcast, in terms of even walking up those stairs in those first few weeks, right? Our core is different. Our centers of balance are different. So just reminding parents that if they're baby wearing, just to be conscientious of that and using the railing to help them support themselves upstairs, et cetera, et cetera. So that's some pieces that I don't often talk to people about with baby wearing, but I think is a really good reminder just to make sure that everybody's doing it safely because and, and toddlers, those arms are very long and they can grab all kinds of stuff. So just being aware is important. Why don't we chat quickly about the three major classes of baby wearing and we'll add that kind of the hip dysplasia list to the show notes. So you don't have to go into specifics. People can check it out if they want more information or print that out for patients. Sure. So we have, as we've been talking about, is the ring sling, the wrap and there's more structured baby carriers. So those ring slings are more of those kind of woven slings that come to one side, as we've already discussed. And there's many wraps out there, the Moby wraps and um, Beluga wraps as well. There's lots of different brands that we can refer to the um, Hip Dysplasia Institute to, that we recommend to check those. And most um, 
brands that are carried are on there. So there's no huge concerns around those wrap pieces there. It's more just looking, advising parents to look up exactly how to wear them. Because even between the brands, there's quite a lot of difference about how we um, pop them on ourselves and how babies should look in each link. So definitely from that point of view, YouTube is a great resource for parents on that positioning piece in those ring things. With the wraps, it's also um, good to just note the difference with the structure of wraps and making sure parents are changing that as baby grows. With the structured carriers, again, the main brands, so the ones that you're finding in the shops in town, also you can double check on that hip dysplasia org um, resource. And the structured ones are definitely good, but it's a lot of education for parents when they start to, as we've already said, kind of position into that forward facing. But also when you come in some of these structured carriers, you can actually put baby on your back as well. And sometimes mums and partners really benefit from that back carrying because it takes the pressure off the front. So it can, if you are struggling with lower back pain, sometimes the back wearing is really nice in these structured carriers. But again, just recommending to parents that we follow the same tick principles, even on the back, particularly in those hip positions as well sometimes it's almost a bit easier to get that abduction position when we're back wearing because naturally you're coming around but it's really nice way in those structured carriers of just having a slightly different position kind of to forward facing into parent or partner that external facing as well and then having on back so the structured carriers offer a lot more variety and what Megan and I have used is definitely more wraps and slings in those first few newborn stages and then moved on to that carrier later down the line. Yeah. And I did the same. And I think just a reminder to all of us care providers is that there are experts. Most of the baby stores have people who fit wraps every day. And so recommending to patients and clients to actually go in and try them on um, and make sure it fits you properly. Cause it may not be the yeah. best on Amazon, your Amazon <laughs> product, but you know what, it may work the best for you and your partner may need a different one. So just, I think it's really important for us to remember that. And there's also baby wearing experts in every single town. So if you do have a patient or a client who's struggling to find something that works well for them, maybe mentioning them to reach out to someone in their community that can help them with that. Cause they, it is, it actually is a role, which is perfect. That is a great, I think, recap of baby wearing around the evidence, different types of wraps and what we need to think of from a safety point of view and an ergonomic point of view, both for babies and the parents, where can people um, see your social media? Because you guys have a great site and have all kinds of amazing videos on this topic, but many others related to kids physio. So where can they find you guys? We are at Island Kids Physio on Instagram. We are also Island Kids Physio on Facebook. Generally, Facebook is our Instagram similar. So if you follow us one place, you see our content. And then, yeah, our website is kidsphysio.ca as well. If you want to check us out online, there we are on the Victoria Clinic. Uh, if you're looking for us specifically, if you're local, but there are also some other uh, Kids Physio Clinic, other places in the country. Yeah. And reach out to kids physios because pediatric physiotherapy is a specialty yeah. and kids can really benefit from it. I know a bunch of my patients have seen you guys for torticollis and mild plagiocephaly, and it's been tremendously helpful. And so I think there's a lot of things that we as providers don't necessarily know about, which is the whole point of us doing this pregnancy for professionals podcast is recognizing the importance of interdisciplinary and collaborative care when it comes to our patients and our clients and check out our at pregnancy for professionals, Instagram, because we're going to be posting some of your great videos. So that's an easy way to find it and share it to your own personal social media pages. If you guys have a patient forward page. Great. Thanks guys. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Pregnancy for Professionals. Make sure to share this podcast with your colleagues and head on over to wherever you listen to podcasts to give us a five-star review if you think we're worth it. And also... 
please make sure to fill out the quick survey below to let us know what topics you want to hear more about. Have a great day.